Hey guys, you're listening to the Coin Monks podcast, a place where we share insights directly from the leaders and builders of the crypto sphere. This podcast is our latest offering alongside a long-running medium publication which offers educational content on all things crypto, including reviews of some of the best trading products in the market. So let's get straight into it. On our episode today, we have Nick from Simba's Finance, who's the co-founder as well as the chief marketing officer of the protocol. We're going to be talking about Symbiosis Finance, which is a decentralized multi-chain liquidity protocol, which allows people to swap assets between all blockchains while still custodying their assets themselves. Hi, hello, Nick. Welcome to the CoinMonks podcast. How are you doing? Uh, today? Hi, Kash. Thanks for having me today. Uh, doing well and uh, really appreciate this chance to uh, pass a word about Symbiosis to your audience and to discuss in friendly manner the state of crypto, the state of cross-chain and some other stuff. So, yeah, thanks again for having me today. Awesome. So, you know, let's let's get into it right away. And before we, you know, talk about the project, what you could do, how about, you know, you give us a little bit of a background on your journey into crypto. How did you get here and why did you decide to solve this particular problem in the first place? Yes, for sure. So my my journey in crypto started five years ago when I was a student of uh, business school. I studied in both. I have an inter, interchange uh, uh, exchange semester in I business school in Institut de Impress in Madrid. And when I first came across the blockchain technology, it was 2016. So uh, I planning to compose a master thesis on the use of, and I did, uh, on the use of blockchain technology in logistics and supply chain management. And at the same time, I've been working as a business development manager in Cypress-based company, which served as an advertising platform for uh, mobile advertising on Facebook, Google, and some other. And... Uh, um, I had this intersection of mine, in mind of uh, blockchain technology that, so, that can potentially solve different problems plus the advertising uh, and mobile advertising and internet advertising at that time and even now uh, have big problems of fraud, of uh, attribution, of bots and etc. Cetera, et cetera. And I started searching for companies working in the space and uh, apparently I came across one of the companies, I don't want to name to name it still, but it was a startup uh, for blockchain-based advertising. And so I decided to approach the team. Uh, I had some already knowledge for, for blockchain, how it's how it's used, uh, what the problem it solves. And so I approached the team and knocked out in uh, Facebook uh, to the founding members and asked them to, like, um, if I can join them as a community manager or something, as a part-time <laughs> job. And it was a story, actually, so since that time. So I joined them and um, worked there for eight or nine months, I think. And then I had a chance to work in VC company. It's called Digital Horizon. It's early stage VC fund focused on finance and um, and even cryptocurrencies. It's Israeli plus Moscow based. They have different offices. And then I led marketing efforts for Eximetria.com. is a Swiss. It's existing Swiss uh, crypto bank. Then later on, I joined uh, Change Change uh, as a chief marketing officer. It's an instance of exchange centralized one, but still. And along this way, I have been working with different teams, different people 
on-site project as well. So we consulted a lot, like many projects coming to ICO stage or just needing some marketing or software development consultant. And at this time I met Will uh, like four or three years ago. Uh, Will is also my co-founder. He's a chief technical officer and mastermind behind the symbiosis. And so once again, we met, uh, so we worked together on different projects, but never did did the same thing uh, at a particular moment of time. And last year in September, we had a, a conversation and we initiated a Telegram group. I recall the date, it was 30, uh, 13th September last year. And we initiated group, fifth of us, of us and we started this group starting thinking about what we can do in the market so we have some expertise we want to like solve some real existing problems in the space and we have resources for this etc etc and that was the story how we came with the idea of symbiosis very interesting background there um and i must say you know multi-chain multi-chain transactions are definitely going to be something that everybody wants in the near future especially with all these level one protocols coming up so fast bringing so much so much so many different use cases along with them so you know tell us a little bit about symbiosis finance um what exactly is the project about and how how do you guys you know conceptualize that in the first place? Indeed. Uh, so as said, uh, we started thinking about what we can do together last year. And first, uh, it was not about multi-chain, to be honest with you. First, we're thinking about like um, if you know the protocol called uh, synthetics, which using uh, which, which is uh, like backing different synthetic assets. So we were thinking about you know last year when the DeFi booms up. Uh, we see the spike in the Ethereum gas cost in Ethereum transaction. And so we're thinking about using the same logic that synthetics. So at the first stage, we, th- we were thinking about using the same logic that synthetics does, but on other chains. So we were thinking about Binance Smart Chain, about Polygon, Avalanche that already gets some traction this time. But then apparently we understand that the problem is even bigger. So we understand that... Uh, Still, even though like the interoperability, everybody talks about interoperability from the very inception of the blockchain technology itself, but still nobody really solves it. The problem of interoperability of different blockchain networks. And that's a part of the story. This problem really leads to liquidity fragmentation among different blockchain networks. So liquidity uh, is really stuck or I would say locked between different blockchain networks unproportionately. So it's not really capital efficient at the moment. Plus, what we see in the market, we see a really, I would say, awful or far from brilliant user experience. Because when when you need to swap, let's say, from Solana to Avalanche, you have to choose between different MMDXs, different bridges, and you have to rely on them. You have to think about like uh, phishing websites, etc., etc. You do not have a single point of access to the DeFi ecosystem and swapping between different blockchain networks. And what that was the vision. That was the vision behind Symbios. So we understand all these problems that everybody understands. But up to this time, we had a sort of know-how how to solve it. So that's how um, that was the birth of Symbiosis. So in a nutshell, Symbiosis is a Uniswap-like protocol that helps to move liquidity across different blockchain network in a seamless way. So one click in MetaMask, and you're good to go with swap, let's say, from Avalanche to Polygon, from Ethereum to BSC, 
etc etc and now at the moment we are adding we are working on six networks it's ethereum bsc polygon avalanche hobby chain and okx chain and we're planning to and we're adding solana in a week or two we participate in solana hackathon and uh, we are going to go mainnet with this protocol in january so that's it mm -hmm. and i think the testnet version of the protocol is already out for people to test out if they want to right yes correct so uh everybody can come across our website with symbios.finance and click uh to go to the testnet and uh, uh then connect metamask wallet we also have Binance Wallet connection, but we also plan integration with Wallet Connect and some others naturally, like XDeFi Wallet, for instance. We in talks with Emil, and Emil is also among our early stage backers. Emil, who is the founder of XDeFi Wallet. And now uh, the users can play around with this uh, already mentioned six networks connected. So uh, any token from chain A to any token on chain B and testnet can now be tried out. And yeah, that's it. Mm -hmm. Got it. So, you know, you mentioned that the protocol will be allowing cross-chain swaps across so many different chains, Solana, Ethereum, Near. I think you mentioned five, six more. Um, so what are some of the challenges of accomplishing something like that? I believe different chains have very different technical architecture and that that surely creates different development challenges for each chain. Indeed. So what are some of the challenges that you guys ran into in terms of partnerships, in terms of building the architecture, connecting all these chains? Yes, in terms of architecture, one of the biggest challenge is obviously the routing of the transaction between EVM compatible chains and non-EVM compatible chains. Because for instance, for EVM compatible chains, we have a like brilliant protocol which is called one inch network and we actually make use of one inch for evm compatible chains to route the transaction to pick up the best price among existing mm indexes between different uh blockchain networks evm compatible ones for non-evm compatible chains we have to develop from scratch our own solution which is called mid router the logic is pretty much the same so it routes the transaction for existing mm indexes let's say on solana and find out picking out the best price and then uh, routing the transaction to like, let's say Avalanche. And that was one thing. Second thing from the design standpoint, uh, lots of projects really do bridges. So let's say the bridge protocol or some others. So bridge is just a part of the story because when you're trying to like enable real swaps between different blockchain networks, not just like creating a peg token, uh, between let's say Solana and Avalanche for some other networks. When you really need to move liquidity across these chains, you have to think of those risks with, uh, let's say, managing pools, rebalancing pools, thinking about is the, is the liquidity is enough, thinking about slippage, etc., etc. All these risks related to the pure DEX operation. Uh, and that's what we also do. So uh, we from very beginning, we understand that it would be insane idea to uh, like to pair our token, let's say native token, because we have one uh, to all the tokens that is listed in Symbios protocol, because it's it's a problem that Torchain, for instance, does. So Torchain is brilliant protocol. Obviously, I'm not saying anything bad about them, but it's not really capital efficient to pair all tokens to your native token. Otherwise, it's stable coin and Rune token is not a stable coin. And uh, that's why we decided to do a tricky thing. We decided to have a pool in the middle 
that consists of two stable assets. So actually what Symbiosis does, we manage a pool of stable assets across different blockchain networks. And then for us, we route the transaction through existing MMDXs. And that's what, what it helps us with. It helps us to prevent big price spikes. It also helps us to create, an, uh, create as many, to add as many tokens as we can, because naturally all tokens listed on Pancakes or Uniswap either have a direct pair with a uh, stable coin on this asset, let's say USDT or BUSD or some others, or it has an intermediary in terms of native token, let's say Ethereum. And so we can swap first from this token, let's say X, to first Ethereum or wrapped Ethereum or Uniswap and then to stable coins. So it's not like real problem. And that's why we can add as many tokens as we, uh, as, as many as right. we can right from the very beginning. And also regarding price slippages, mm -hmm. since we have this pool in the middle consisting of two stable assets, uh, people can move relatively big amount of tokens, uh, big amount of in, uh, in compare it to the total value locked. So let's say we calculate that on average, we are 25% efficient. What does it mean? It means that with a TVL of 1 million, uh, in a random transaction, you can move up to 2,050 uh, uh, in dollars um, without big, big yeah. price slippage, which is also helpful. Uh, yeah, that's it. So we have the peculiarities regarding the mechanism design uh, and um, I somehow try to cover it. For the partnerships, we understand that from uh, from the beginning, it's also vital for the project to cooperate with those in the market who already have some traction in terms of users, transaction, etc. So we naturally definitely will want to attract users to our website. We also plan our mobile application, but which is more, we provide mobile SDK and API. Mobile SDK is, re is already ready and uh, API will be ready, I think, in January. Uh, to integrate with the third party uh, developers, wallets, etc. So that imagine a wallet, let's say Trust Wallet or Atomic Wallet, and Smios is just working under the hood. So that's also part of our strategy to in, to be integrated in as many wallets, as many let's say loans and borrowing protocols as we can. And third part also is a sort of partnership with a different blockchain ecosystem. So we intentionally did this. We managed to collect uh, even small tickets for a private round from almost every blockchain network, blockchain foundation. So we did this with Algorand. So we pitched them our protocol. We understand that, for instance, Algorand is still running upper in the DeFi space because they don't have MMDEX, they don't have lots of things, but they want to. And with Polygon, so we had a talk with Sandeep, uh, who is co-founder of Chief Operating Officer of Polygon. With Avalanche, Avalanche is our yep. earliest investor. It's uh, they now seed round, so Avalanche Asia Fund is one of our like big big. We we, we really thank thankful for their help. So we managed to like approach almost every big blockchain network. So we talked with as many as we could. So we talked with Near, with uh, Savannah, with Cardano, with Parity Technologies, the company behind Kusama and Polkadot. So we have these all connections, and then. Uh, from the very start in January. So our main net once again is planned for January. We can leverage it somehow adding new networks like one by one doing cross-marketing stuff one by one doing AMA session interviews. I don't know, giveaways. I'm, I, you understand, I'm talking about yeah. from the marketing perspective because mm -hmm. I'm a marketing guy, but still I think in the end it pays off. Yeah. Yep, yep. Yeah, I think that is 
a great approach to you know build those relationships sort of because this is a product that essentially the success of it is relied on uh, great partnerships with all these networks you know and in the end success of a product like this is also helpful to a lot of these networks so i guess it it made the partnerships easy to establish in the first place but yeah i mean that that is an amazing approach for anyone trying to attempt cross chain stuff in defi or even nfts to you know just talk to foundations and consult them because this there's a direct value add of your protocol to exist in on on their on their l1 network as well indeed, right indeed, correct so i saw that i think you guys successfully had the public sale of the token sometime recently so you know talk to me a little bit about the token itself i mean why does this protocol have a token what is the utility of that token and you know i mean just just talk to us about the tokenomics indeed uh that's a great question so uh our native token is called uh sis sys token and uh the main use cases are two at the moment because we naturally plan to enrich the use cases for our token uh but at very beginning it's just two so first it's used by our relays network so we don't rely on let's say chain link and that was our decision after the chain link hackathon we don't rely on any Oracle third-party Oracles. Instead, we use our own build uh, RLS network to actually process the transactions. And we understand that uh, from cryptography step, standpoint, it's backed by uh, using uh, multi-party computation plus threshold signature scheme, uh, basically a cryptography primitive that helps to split the private key into several parts and so that so that in any particular moment of time no single party possess the whole private key because it would be it it, it it's a vulnerable thing so there might be some data mm -hmm. breaches etc etc so the key is polluted but we also understand that on top of this some economic incentive for aws network should be built in order to not touch the system and so that's why we came up with the design of staking and slashing so uh, all relayers not participants have to stake some amount of our native token SIS, and this amount in uh, USD um, valuation is proportional to the volume this particular um, node runner uh, uh, can process. And that's no economic incentive to break up the system because even though you can like try to break up and collect this money and keep it with you, you'll be then slashed and you don't get the deposit back so there is no economic incentive to cheat the system otherwise you can like follow the rules of the system not to cheating it and get some staking rewards for it which is also super cool and second use case for symbiosis token sas is govern because it's governance token so uh every token uh, holder can vote on particular improvement of uh, symbiosis protocol plus on managing the treasury of symbiosis. So we are going to, that's to say, uh, we, have to we had to establish a legal entity in order to collect funds from VCs, etc. because it's how the, the world works. So we have to do this legal stuff. But still, we are thinking about going to a straight decentralized autonomous organization. We understand that most of the project, they uh, claim this from early days, like from day one, let's say that we are the centralized autonomous organization, etc., etc. Uh, we don't want yeah. to do this because I think it's a thing in making. So you have to do a lot of things along this way to become a real decentralized autonomous organization. So I'm saying instead, 
that we are planning to go in along this way. That's why we make use of our token as a governance token, as a voting mechanism for managing our DAO and uh, our treasury. So that's the thing. So we are planning at some point of time, maybe next year, uh, uh, again, after the launch, well, most probably uh, from the next half of the year to go to a straight DAO. That's it. And also, right, on this way, right. we will think about new use cases for our token. Maybe there will be sort of rebates in our tokens once integrated with wallets so that users can get some, you know, for transactions, they can get some sort of cashback in our token and some other. But it's all, um, it's all things should be, uh, think, uh, we should think about it in order to to integrate this into existing economics so that we don't do like some silly, silly stuff with it. So it's also things in making and yet to come. Right. And yeah, I think that is a great approach to be transparent about it upfront and not moving to a DAO as soon as you can, because I think what a lot of projects right now in this space are missing is that DAO is a good buzzword, but you can't, you can't run and move fast a developing protocol really, really quickly for your DAO. You need like a team who has a lot of control in the beginning to shape the project and then maybe eventually slowly decentralize into a DAO so that, you know, when the decision making becomes slow, indeed, you're still in a good place to go from there. Indeed, indeed. So it's all, all about advantages and disadvantages. Every decision that we can have, have advantages and disadvantages, like blockchain technology itself. Everyone talks about immutability and et cetera, et cetera. But in case you do a mistake, you did a mistake, let's say sending the transaction to a uh, address you want, you won't, uh, you, you don't want to send, like accidentally just pick up the different address. You cannot reverse the transaction. So everything has its advantages yeah. and disadvantages. Same, pretty much the same logic is for a DAO itself. As you said, uh, like going straight to the DAO from the day one can slow some how the decision making and choose of like let's say partnering with different blockchain networks etc 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 so it's all it also has some drawbacks so we would like to be more conscious about the decision that we take and that's why i'm saying that we are going to the DAO. we are not DAO itself now so we are more like sale say not from the protocol itself so protocol is decentralized one but from the managing terms so we are semi-decentralized and we are going to a pure decentralization so that it would be beneficial for every in the market not just for the founding team but also for the end users of the protocol and our partners absolutely so, you know, I was, I was going through the project documentation before this call, you know, checking out about your background and stuff and came across something really interesting regarding gasless transactions. So, you know, I wanted to ask you a little bit about what that is and how that is going to work mm -hmm. in Symbiosis Finance. So maybe you can touch upon that a little bit and also explain what gasless transactions mean in the first place, mm -hmm. you know? Yes, for sure. So, um... Uh, from the design standpoint and from user experience, uh, he, the user don't have to pay uh, the gas fees uh, on both source chain and destination chain. So in first approximation, he or she just have to pay some gas fee on the source chain when he or she sends the transaction. And we cover this gas fees on destination chain. How we do this? We add a sort of markup to those uh, funds that we pick up from the user. Let's say we are swapping between like token on Avalanche network to, I really love Avalanche, you already know this, uh, from Avalanche network to let's say BSC. And then, so we are picking up a slightly more 
AVAX tokens from the user and instantly convert it in, within symbiosis uh, protocol to the gas tokens on destination chain and cover the gas cost for the user. So that's it from the user standpoint. It's really just signing one transaction in MetaMask and you're good to go with a swap from, let's say, Avalanche to BSC or Avalanche to Polygon or Ethereum, let's say, to Solano or something else. And that's what we think about. So uh, that's the first approximation. The second iteration that we plan at some point of time is that we even like cover the gas cost for the users on the source chain. So, so the user have to pay gas fees only in those gas tokens in those blockchain network that he or she has. So you can imagine like in that particular case, you don't let let's say everybody like um, you, most probably you are asking all the time when you are asking for the payment in USDT, which networks you would like SDT. But we understand that it's not how like user behavior actually works. We understand that the user just wants some USDT and doesn't matter which which network. Most of the time it doesn't matter. Like let's say it's, if it's not Ethereum, the gas fees for sending USDT is pretty much comparable between like BSC, Avalanche, Polygon, uh, T, uh, Tron network, etc., etc. So the user, our assumption is that the user just wants USDT no matter what. And so in the first uh, approximation, we give this chance to send tokens from one network to another network and cover just the gas cost on the source chain, not on the destination chain. So you don't have, you don't need to have these gas tokens on destination chain. In the second approximation that will probably come with the second version of our protocol, Symbiose V2. So we will cover the gas cost even on the source chain for the user so that he or she just can pay gas with whatever he or she wants. And we instantly convert it to the gas tokens on the source chain and destination chain to cover it for user. That's it. Got it. Yeah, that is, I think that is a major user experience upgrade because if you do, if you talk about, you know, the regular stuff where you have to approve transactions on both ends, it's a bit of a hassle for sure. And more on top of that, you know, you need to make sure that if you want to transact token A to token B, you also need to have like the base token of that chain in your wallet Indeed. to ensure Indeed. that the transaction falls through. Indeed, and that's a, so, that's a problem. So we think that uh, with Symbiosis, it would be much more like uh, convenient for the user to swap between different chains without thinking about all these gas tokens, and etc. Et At least it's our assumption. So in the end, we may uh, not find the this answer. Maybe, maybe user loves to do this, but we think not because we think it's more about convenience. So everybody goes in a convenient way. So once you can do something much more seamlessly than uh, before, you'll probably choose this. So it's all about innovation. So we expect that users will really love it and use it and it can become, at some point of time, it can become an industry standard for cross-chain communications between different blockchain networks. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, we've talked a lot about Symbiosis. I think we've covered pretty much all of how the protocol works, mm -hmm. the token and everything around that. So talk to me a little bit about uh, your view on the market going forward. And I don't mean like price action and, yeah. you know, where Bitcoin price will be For and sure. stuff like that. Sure. I just mean like the innovation side of things. So, you know, what do you think is the next big sort of niche developing into crypto? I think like cross-chain interoperability for me personally, I think is going to be a big thing. 
considering the development rate across all these L1 chains and all the projects that are being developed on it, soon we'll need the standard for cross-chain communication. But apart from cross-chain communication, what are some of the other niches that you have your eyes on and you're betting big on uh, going into the next year? Um, you know what? Yeah, I really, uh, what I learned from the lessons of ICOs and IOs in 2016, 17, 18, uh, is that in the end, the user really loves convenience. So it's, uh, you can talk a lot of things about blockchain, imperability, like ECDSA, like curves, different curves, uh, curve logic, uh, like cryptography, etc., etc. But the user have some like necessity or have some like issue or something and he or she just want to solve it no matter what, without thinking about technical details at all. And so I think that in this regard, given this as an like sample, um, I think that the mm -hmm. next big thing is I, what I would call embedded DeFi. What does it mean? It pretty much resembles what we can see now in traditional finance. I mean, not just like traditional banks when you have to visit physical branch, etc. But in those finance, like Revolut, what, what Revolut does, what Stripe does, what all these like unicorns and neobanks does. So what they do. Even though when you come across the website of like with some educational content or some like just funny content, entertainment, etc., you can get a financial service. You can buy like insurance, you can exchange money, you can, I don't know, uh, buy something with a payment network, etc., etc. Just everywhere. Just most of the websites, they already like um, accept this and they already have the support with thanks of this uh, different financial services emerging. And I think I have really big, big belief in this, that at some point of time, and I'm not sure this year, but it, it all goes along the same way. So the user coming along the website of, let's say, you already can buy some Bitcoin or Ethereum or something on CoinMarketCap, but it's just the first thing. Next, what we will see is that you can get any financial service in decentralized decentralized world seamlessly with a single window with with a single click you can right so that's what i think would be like the next big thing because it's not about technology so because technology is already in you you can have a, almost mm -hmm. every like every x in this uh, uh equation so this sounds like a DeFi super app basically yes right? yes 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 but not only the super app because super app is tied to a specific mobile application you have to download it to your mobile app etc etc it's more about whatever site you visit you can get a financial service DeFi service it's like either swapping between different uh, blockchain networks or it's strictly speaking trading opportunity or it's getting a loan, let's say, collateralized loan, or something else. And so about like this seamless integration. So you can on any website, news website, entertainment website, I don't know, TikTok, or you, you're just buying a sort of, let's say, insurance because you're planning to visit new country. Let's say you're going to Japan and you need this like health insurance, travel insurance, etc. And while you're buying this insurance, at the same time, a pop-up window comes up and you see like the chance to like either buy Bitcoin or I don't know, swap between different blockchain networks. Like say it, it, it has already analyzed your wallet because you connect to your MetaMask and it says, okay, you have this, this bunch of long tail tokens from airdrops or something. And you can, with a single click, you can exchange all of them 
to, let's say, I don't know, BNB. It's how Binance, for instance, works. So if you go to Binance mm -hmm. and they have all this long tail of token, it says you, you can convert the small amounts to BNB. And pretty much the same logic can be applied to DeFi. And all this about seamless integration. Yeah. And uh, I think that part of this equation is still, which is still a bit missing, is without exaggeration across chain communication because it's a ground layer for all the services, value-added services that can be built up on top of this. And that's that's a part of the reason why why we are also doing symbiosis what we do because we see this possibility so that maybe in like 10 years nobody will know the name of symbiosis itself because nobody like ask regular mm -hmm. ask regular people in the market on just on the street what is tcpip nobody no, I, yeah. I mean some, someone understands what it is but most of the people would say um it's some strange uh, abbreviation i don't know but it's like the ground layer for the internet communication, for transfer layer of the internet communication. So uh, I think of symbiosis, so in let's say two years, five years or something as ground layer for cross-chain communication. So if if the name still would be hidden or buried on on like on top of, uh, because most of the projects are built on top of this and et cetera, et cetera, that's also fine for us because we have built something which is here for like say, another 20 years or 50 years or something. So which is really useful, which really solves real problem, et cetera, et cetera. And that's also a part of um, a part of the vision why we are building what we built. Yeah, yeah. I think like um, when that happens, I think there's also going to be a big role of trust and education that has to come in because, you know, if you have these pop-ups popping on every website, it's, it's also like an invitation to a lot of scams. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I think once we have a little bit of education around this, you know, it can I can definitely see it happening. And about the base layer thing as well, I think Symbiosis Finance or any other Web3 protocol which will serve the base layer, I think it will be more memorable than TCP IP simply because <laughs> yeah. there's value flowing through that layer. You know, Web3 has flipped that sort of business model completely where TCP IP is like an open source thing. No one's really making money off of it here. You know, for every transaction you're, you're making money. Yes. Three layers are making money, things like that. And that, that makes it a little bit more relevant. I yeah. Think, yeah. 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 In my I agree. I agree. I just want the metaphor of uh, TCP IP, you know, it's, 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 uh, it's inspiring me somehow. So I am using it frequently. <laughs> no, no, I think it's a great, it's a great analogy though, like from web two. I think, yeah, great, great discussion, you know, picking your mind on the general, the general behavior of innovation and where that is going as well as what you guys do with symbiosis. So one thing I was wondering is where do you think the protocol itself going in the future? So, I mean, right now you're doing cross-chain swaps. Do you think we can also see cross-chain DeFi? So for example, I initiate something on Ethereum and then take a position on a lending protocol on Avalanche or something like that coming Exit. sometime later. Indeed, indeed. So you're anticipating my thoughts, actually. Because um, apart from, so Symbiosis is, uh, so we position ourselves as a, not a bridge. We just don't want to, to, to someone to claim us bridge uh, because we are liquidity provider mostly. But we're also passing not just only uh, the ACEs between different blockchain networks, but we're also passing code data about the events happening on different blockchain networks. And that's the key because... Um, at some point of time, so now we are constrained on this uh, liquidity movement across different blockchain networks. But what we do want to do in the future, we want to let people uh, 
do a custom events out of it. Let's say some uh, price spike or something happened on the Ethereum side, and then you have a, you created collateral provided and loan or something on Polygon side. And that's also what can be uh, Symbios used for. Plus, on top of this, I also think about uh, value-added services that can be built different decentralized applications that can build on top of this. Let's say uh, if we combine uh, Symbiosis, so it's liquidity provider for different blockchain networks, plus, let's say, uh, Shopify or Magento integration, so that it can be integrated in any website who is using Shopify for e-commerce business. They can get, uh, for whatever token, the user spent on their product, then can it, it can be instantly converted into the uh, token that the merchants want to, let's say, because everybody merchant, mo most of the merchants, they would like either to be paid in table coins or most popular assets like BTC or Ethereum. And uh, let's say uh, these particular audiences you have, you had uh, as a marketing activity, you had a sort of giveaway or airdrop with some random ERC20 token. And now you stimulate the users to pay with this ERC20 tokens for your product. And still, so users pay with it, and it gets instantly converted into the asset that you'd like to acquire. And so that's also a possibility that we see that we envision some, some other protocols and even like big companies like PayPal is going to the same direction. And But we still consider it as a... Uh, opportunity for symbiosis itself. We also think about like loans and borrowing protocols that can build on top. Like let's say imagine cross chain Aave or something. We really adore what Aave and Stanley do. Uh, but I mean, mm -hmm. lots of possibilities came out, and uh, uh, yeah. And it's not uh, it's not to say that we as a team, as a core team of symbiosis, we want to build everything just by our own. We're not that like you know envy guys, arrogant guys, etc. Instead. Uh, I think from, um, at least because we have this plan for mainnet launch in January, so then we'll need some time in terms of maybe a couple of months, maybe three to four to five months of integrations with different mm -hmm. uh, wallets, etc. And I think from the next half, from the, like, say, June or something from the summer next year, we are thinking about providing grants to developers, to third-party teams uh, from all over the world, from, I don't know, Bangladesh, India, Canada, United States, Russia, whatever countries where talented people live, to build something on top of Symbios. So maybe they will come up with uh, more ideas even that I'm not aware of. So that's also part of our strategy, yeah. what we think about. Yeah, and that is very much the Web3 way, you know, yeah. to build collaboratively help each other out and things like that. And I think a lot of these foundations did the same for you guys, right? In some ways. Indeed, indeed, indeed. So uh, yeah. yeah, at some point of time, you understand that. And I think it's um, a native and natural hue of innovation nowadays to not to compete, but to collaborate. But in because in the yeah. end, when you collaborate, you get more for everyone. When you compete, you get more just for yourself and not that more than in case you have been uh, collaborating. So I think everybody understands it. And uh, at least with those who understand, we want we see the same direction and we want to come along with them. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a great vision, something that I'm a strong believer in myself. And yeah, I think that with that, you know, I think I'm I'm, I'm all out of questions for, for you at the moment. And this is like a great chat, understanding your vision, how you got into the 
space and how Symbiosis Finance works. So thank you, Nick, for, you know, taking your time out to talk to us about your project and best of luck for the road ahead. Thank you. Thank you, Akash, for having me today. Uh, it was a real pleasure talking to you. And um, yeah, I mean, at some point of time, maybe if it, if we could have a sort of recap after some month and I can like share with you what we have already achieved, that also would be super cool. I really love our conversation today and um, let's, let's, let's keep in touch and let's do it at some point of time again. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, I'd love to, you know, keep track of the project, you know, maybe for a fat airdrop that's coming soon, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, um, I will let you know, I will let you know for sure. Yeah. So yeah, thanks again, you know, for taking the time out to talk to us, Nick.